Okay, Pred, we are live. Welcome everybody to Wall Street Reporters Next Super Stock, a live stream for today, December 10th, 2020. We have returning with us our next super stock presenter, Skylight Health SHG on the CSE, SHGFF. That's the new symbol on the over-the-counter. Prad Shaker, the CEO. Prad, welcome back. Jack, so glad to be back. If you give me one second, Jack, I have something here. Just one second. Oh, you're going to surprise. <laughs> this is... This is called this is called a special jacket. Actually, I had four people reach out to me saying they wanted me to wear this purple jacket on your show today, and I do not want to disappoint them. So <laughs> here we go. This is just for them, guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> we gotta get the camera low. We gotta see the whole jacket. Okay, perfect, perfect. Yeah, there this we go. The jacket. This is the ten, this, this is the, the jacket. jacket. That make the stock go to ten dollars. <laughs> so, 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 Prad, um, I, I want to get into today's news. All the great stuff that's happening. Uh, Again, for anybody that's new to our live stream, I know we get a lot of new people always uh, uh, jumping in. So uh, what our live streams are about is we're looking for stocks which have that 10x to 100x upside potential. We've had uh, a whole bunch of those stocks in the last year, uh, anywhere from you know uh, 10x to 20x. Uh, and now we're, we're looking hopefully for the next 100x winner for 2021. Uh, and again, these companies have three things in common. Number one, they're going after multi-billion dollar market opportunities, huge markets. They have, they're at a key inflection point in their growth story. So things are about to take off and they have multiple catalysts in place that can drive that value. So there's a lot of news flow, a lot of great things happening. And uh, most importantly, they have a CEO that gets it. I think uh, I think a lot of people agree that Pred definitely gets it when it comes to maximizing shareholder value. So, uh, so with that said, Pred, I'm gonna jump right into it. Um, you know, Skyline, you know, uh, Skylight, Skylight uh, has been, you know, you've been on a tier lately. Uh, the stock is, is, is rocketing, great volume. People are discovering the stock. You have this, you know, uh, great news today with the acquisition in Florida, which uh, we're going to dive into. Uh, but for anybody that's new to the story, can you explain to them what exactly is Skylight doing in the US, uh, what is it? It's a $2 trillion, $3 trillion healthcare market. Like, what is, What's your unique vision for this market? What's the opportunity that you see here? Yeah, so Skylight Health, just for a quick overview again, we are a US-focused healthcare services uh, and technology company. So we are in the delivery of healthcare services through brick-and-mortar clinics, uh, coupled with the proprietary technology that we use to support the delivery of care, which includes things like telemedicine. Um, you're right, this is a multi-trillion dollar industry, Jack. Um, over 70% of the US healthcare industry today is fragmented. And we're starting to see this huge opportunity for consolidation where individual doctors are starting to join these large health networks, but the health networks are ultimately somewhat failing in their delivery of quality care to patients and not really creating that exit for these doctors. And so what Skylight has done has built this infrastructure to be able to really capitalize on this consolidation play within the United States market, where we create this opportunity for doctors to exit to an organization that still maintains that autonomous physician-patient relationship, that community feel for patients, but brings that leverage of scale and size to each opportunity. And so we today have over 30 clinics, um, soon to be across 16 states in the US, 
Um, over 130,000 patients rostered. Our goal is to get to a million patients and above. Um, the opportunity for us as an organization is really sort of a billion dollar revenue space within this trillion dollar industry um, by working with payers, both government and commercial, um, and really seeing this opportunity for Skylight Health to become this, this strong, both consolidator, but also intrinsically growing the value of each of these clinics by way of expertise. I mean, we've done this for over 25 years um, and, you know, where many have failed in the past, this is this is all we've done, and so you know we're basically playing the same playbook here to to a much larger marketplace. Okay, so bottom line is, I mean, the bottom line is, I think, so your your goal is to turn this into a billion dollar revenue business plus a billion plus revenues. I even think that's that's somewhat you know unfairly capping it. I mean, if you look at you know, a, a large player in the U.S. today, like Oak Street Health, um, and they're still early in their in their uh, in their model today. And 60 centers, a few hundred thousand patients, and those guys are doing close to 800 million in revenue today. And they're going to cross a billion very shortly. So, you know, for me, yeah, a billion is a good milestone to reach. But we're not going to stop. I, I certainly say that's the first milestone. But we're going to keep. And as we've always done as, as entrepreneurs in Skylight Health, we just keep raising the bar and we're just going to keep raising the bar beyond that. So um, I'm very excited for, for being able to play in this space because there's just such massive opportunities all around. So, so Pride, what I want to before we get into the whole business model, I think it's very important for people to kind of understand. I think what's unique is, um, you know, it's a massive opportunity. There's a lot of companies in there, but you know, I think the audience needs to kind of know a little bit about you and your background. How did you get it? Like you've been in this business essentially i think your whole life right in healthcare yeah yeah um without without going to that point but yeah i certainly look we um both cash and i i mean we've been business partners well before this company you know we're like the yin and yang the two of us just interrelate really well and what's more important is that yeah we're not coming at this and saying let's just try our feet in the healthcare industry we're saying no no we've been in the healthcare industry we see the gaps we know the opportunities we understand the mistakes that people make and it's part of the reason why our organization has one of the industry's highest gross profit margins, like 70, 71% and, and strong profitability margins. We know how to run profitable clinics. Um, I, I started in the space back in pre-med, um, worked for medical practices, learned the business from the inside out, um, got a business degree, started opening up practices, worked with cash to continue to expand that model, consulted for hundreds of doctors. And you know the reality now is, um, we're taking that experience and we're taking that playbook and we're seeing this massive gap now. And, and it's very few times that you get to see this kind of opportunity to bring this expertise to a market opportunity that needs this type of disruption. And I think the two put together, you're right, we're at an inflection point now. We spent the last four years building this infrastructure and now we're starting to recognize that growth, both by way of acquisition, but also organically. Okay, so so basically, you, you're doing this for for a long time. You know, I think um, what, what's the, you know it's very important. Again, in this in this space, there's been you know there's been there's always like groups who are trying to consolidate an industry, whatever. There's always in any industry, right? But there's a difference between you know like the execution is the key, right? So it's right. like you know, and you've been doing this a long time. So I think it's uh, you've reached the point of what what's the there's a I think there's there's a. Uh, uh, a certain point where uh, what is it? It's ten thousand hours before somebody achieves master. I think that was uh, the famous. Do you have ten thousand hours in healthcare? I think I have more than ten thousand hours in healthcare. 
Yeah. <laughs> You've achieved mastery. So now you're ready to really scale this up. So so the question, I think I think we want to focus on you know what it all comes down to is for investors is how far can you scale this and how fast? And, and I think they're focused on how fast because you know they they want this thing to be, you know, $20 by next Tuesday at 11 a.m. and and $50 billion in revenues, you know, maybe by Friday. So, 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 so how far, you know, how far can you scale and how fast? Um, how far can we scale? I, uh, I, I, there is no, there is no stopping this, this goes well beyond a billion dollars in revenue opportunity. So how, how far can we go? This can go a long way. When we started even looking at the consolidation opportunity, we were at $10 million in opportunities two months ago. Today, we're over $75 million in opportunities. And I'm pretty sure that by the time we reach the end of this year, we'll be well over 100. So I, this, is, this is a never-ending site. There's just so much to be had here. Uh, how fast do we go? Arguably, I think we've been going pretty quick so far. The last two months, we've already announced five transactions, 80% growth uh, in 2021 compared to this year. Um, and there's no reason why that's not going to hit 100% plus just based on the fact that I know what's in our pipeline. I see it. Our teams are in diligence. And I'm not even talking about organic growth opportunities. I mean, we don't even talk about that sometimes enough. I mean, the fact that on a unit economic basis, we're $150 a year per patient today. And we're going to get that up to four visits a year, which could be $1,000 a patient per year. That's a 10x return on revenue without doing any further acquisitions at all. Um, and that's just a simple execution of a, a flip of a switch. And so there's the speed at which we're going to start moving. I think I said this back in one of our earnings calls back in Q2, like we are going on the offensive. And when I say that, we mean that. I have a strong team behind me that's just sprinting at, at, at full speed. We continue to strengthen our management team with every acquisition um, and we're just getting better and faster. Okay. So... I'm, I'm gonna we're, we're gonna get into the acquisitions, the whole growth strategy. But I think we should first talk about the, the foundation. So the mm -hmm. foundation that you have for this, you know, this juggernaut, is really like your kind of like secret, the secret sauce, the secret recipe, which is, I guess, is how do you, you know, increase the the revenues by 10x organically when, when you take on a new acquisition. So explain that. You know, the the reason I had a job in clinical practice management. And, you know, I, I say this with all good intentions is we understand the business better than sometimes doctors understand the business. And, you know, we make great business managers. And when we used to go into practices, we were called in because there was a problem and we knew exactly where to focus. We knew how to drive profits. We knew how to drive revenues. And we would do that time and time again. And so when we walk into these clinics that we look at from an acquisition perspective, there is a lot of opportunity to capture more value. And that does tremendously well for the patient, by the way, because all of this means more services, more care, more attention around the patient's needs. You know, just as an example, on Tuesday, we put out a press release about um, a partnership that we now have with a company for remote patient monitoring for, for hypertension patients, right? And I'll take a minute here just to explain what that is. So, you know, imagine this. Now we have a patient with hypertension where Skylight's now going to purchase this blood pressure machine, give it to the patient to take home. And they're going to take their reading at home. They don't have to drive to the pharmacy anymore to get it. And they can take it 16 days a week, a month or longer. And all that data gets fed back to us. 
and our nurse monitors it. And if there's something that doesn't look right, well, now we can reach out to the patient proactively. And so this is about saving lives. It's about making people better. By virtue of doing that, that monitoring that we provide can earn up to $2,000 a year per patient. Okay, I'm just gonna put this into context. There are about 25% of patients in just our Washington clinic alone that could benefit from this program. If we assume just 5%, small component, okay, that's out of 10,000 patients, 500 people at 2,000 a year, that's a million dollar revenue opportunity. When we acquired Washington, they were doing 700,000. So this is one example of the type of revenue drivers we can bring that'll benefit patients but we have doubled, would have doubled on just that small sample size alone. And now take that same model, apply it to the rest of your practices across the US, we have 130,000 patients, and across other types of remote patient monitoring tools and other disease states. Again, our model is built to overlay complementary services to an existing patient base where the patient sees more value in having this care delivered and we benefit from the increased insurable billings that we get to do. You're right, there's a bit of a secret sauce to this. And it's not so much about the idea, it's about the years of experience to know how to execute it. And, and that's what I'm really proud about our team, that we bring those years of experience to be able to do this successfully. Okay. So okay, so 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 we got so we got the 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 model in place. We got the secret sauce. Now, well, how much are you doing in revenues right now? Let's let's kind of update people. You have the new okay. So, we should let's just talk about the new acquisition you announced today, and then we'll kind of, you know, bring up the the run rate. We'll bring it up to up to date. But so today you announced you are acquiring a a clinic in Florida, which is what that's your sixteenth market now. You're in your sixteenth state markets. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, and how big is this deal? Give us kind of the details on it, and, and then in the context of where you where you are now. Yeah. So um, first of all, I just want to highlight how accretive this one transaction is for us. And, and I say that because this deal comes with such a, um, I, 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 get, I get sort of excited when I talk about this, but the management team in this company is just so phenomenal. Like what they've achieved in three years with this one business. Now it's not a primary care uh, focus. It, they actually have more of a wellness and allied health focus, but the overlay that they've been able to prove that this model has for a patient with primary care is phenomenal. And actually, what I'm really excited about is this founder is just getting started. So when, when we looked at this transaction, he didn't want to sell. He was looking for a partner. He wants to scale and he wants the infrastructure to scale. And so what we are bringing to complement what he is looking to do is to effectively say, I'm not done Florida yet. There's more to be had and I just need help getting there. And so there's going to be more growth organically in Florida, but the value he brings to then leverage what he has done successfully in Florida across our other 15 markets. Think about what value that can have to the patients within those clinics. And ultimately, if he can replicate that revenue model in each of those states, it's phenomenal. So it's a highly accretive deal. And, and it's one of those pieces that adds on to the strength of our management team adds on to the strength of our services that we offer to patients. The deal itself, I mean, the group has done, uh, they, they'll do about 5 million in revenue um, and about $1.2 million in profit. So again, every deal we focus on is profitable from day one. Um, we're paying about four times um, EBITDA multiple. So we're looking at about a, a $4.8 million transaction value here. But again, the beauty of this is 50% cash and 50% stock but the stock is vested over two years. And so there's a strong need for alignment 
in terms of getting the value for both sides out of this. We both win. And from a cash component, it still leaves us with a significant amount of dry powder. You know, this transaction actually maybe touches on all of the funds raised in the first tranche that we did in September. I haven't even started touching the second tranche of capital that we just did um, back in October. So um, we're still left with a lot of capital here to deploy. Um, but the value again that this deal brings is of course, you know, strong top line growth, immediate accretive value to the bottom line profitability, but the excitement behind the team and what they're gonna be able to do in Florida, but also in our other states. Okay, so so there's okay, so so okay, so the guy behind this clinic essentially brings adds to like the 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 the, the secret formula, the, the the recipe here. Uh I guess it's the operational expertise, like this model, you can scale this model to to your whole company. Yeah, it's more than just the provider. It's about, you know, the playbooks about the 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 patient acquisition strategy, the retention strategy, the materials, the training, the the you know getting that high net promoter score getting the making sure that patients come back time and time again and about building those referral strategies that ultimately drive that kind of patient volume into a practice like this and so there's so much around just the clinic itself when we acquire these things that we look for these types of call it um, expertise it's not that we don't have it but sometimes rather than building it up again from the beginning you can have a model that's already so successful. Like, then, uh, let's yeah. let's just use McDonald's, McDonald's as as a business model. I mean, you know, very similar, right? I mean, the guy, you know, the guy bought. I think it was Ray Kroc, right? He bought McDonald's mm -hmm. because I mean, this guy sold milkshakes, and uh, he said, "Wow, this one place is, you know, they're they're buying ten milkshake um, maker machines, and nobody. Else, I mean, because they had this incredible business model. They were tremendous operators. These guys really had like this." It wasn't about the it wasn't about the burgers, the, none of that. It was just that expertise, and he he said, "Wow, this is great!" And we could, and you know, the rest is history. That became you know massive. Uh, so essentially, now you have a, an extra McDonald's in your in your uh, in your in your formula. A little bit. I'm, I'm am I using the no, right that's word? that's fine. Yeah, we have an extra McDonald's in our formula. Love it. Okay, perfect. So so let's okay. So right now you are at um, okay. So with this this is at five million. So the run rate right now is how much? Uh, so we're going to do about twenty-six million next year. Um, twenty-six million top line, and uh, close to about two to three million on on EBITDA. And I say that again, as we continue to look to keep beating that out. I mean, last last month we were at twenty-one million, and the analysts had us that as part of their model for next year. Now we've you know they've all sort of repriced and upgraded their targets and moved it up to sort of you know dollar sixty, dollar seventy. And um, again, I, I look at that and say, great, I'm happy that you're providing guidance from a perspective of what you know we have, and that's perfectly fine because on that alone, it's 80% above last year's revenue. And you know, again, building a profitable base of business. But I see what's in the pipeline and I know what's coming and I can say with full confidence that we're gonna be surpassing that. So um, well, just keep, keep executing and keep putting news out. So okay, so the main I think the main thing for investors really to focus on is is you know what is it's not what's in the past but what's in the future. So okay, so you, so the growth really is is kind of a constantly moving target right now. You you're at twenty six million now run rate, which is increasing. I mean by uh, February might be fifty. I mean you know in theory it could be fifty million run rate. I don't know. Could it? Could be. <laughs> Okay. I know what's cooking. Look, I like to always tease a little bit, right? It's not, it's, and, and I oh, will yeah, say, yeah, right. we, okay. we, yeah, we have a couple of eight-figure transactions that we're, we're, um, we're working on, and um, they, they're transformative. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that.
Okay, so that, see, that's the thing we're looking for. Again, with the, with the platform, the next super stock platform, we're looking for, you know, catalysts that have, you know, transformative catalysts for companies. So, and you mentioned you have, when you first were on, was it last week, you had 50 million of, of potential deals in the pipeline, you know, potential deals. Uh, now it's 75 million potential deals. So, you know, obviously things are progressing and, you know, look, what I find in, well, you know, in this business, once you're on a roll, once you have momentum, success breeds success. Once, you know, people in the industry find out what's what's going on, you, it just, it snowballs. You have a snowball. So you could really go from, you know, uh, you know, in theory, one at 500 million. It might be, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not, I don't even think our pipeline takes that long to get there. I mean, I think our pipeline continues to build. We are solidifying relationships. Look, we've worked with brokers. And one thing that they're realizing is we're committed. I mean, we're not wasting their time. We're not wasting their clients' time. They bring us deals. We like the deals. We move quick. Um, we have a good due diligence process. It's easy for everybody to understand. We close our deals. And that just makes them feel like they want to bring us more. And that's why we're continuing to see such a growth in deal pipeline. And even sometimes before deals even hit the market, because again, they know that they're going to be showing a deal to a group that understands what they're doing, provides comfort to their seller, and will ultimately stand by their word, which is if we like the deal, we're going to get it done. Okay. Oh, okay. So this is something very interesting. We haven't talked about this. Okay. So... So, you know, the M&A &A, &A, &A is, is a key part of your strategy, right? The growth strategy, right? So how do you get the deal flow? Uh, what is, you know, look, what's the criteria? I think what you mentioned now is very important, right? So like, you know, if you're in the market, right, you, you have, you know, you have guys bring you deals, broker, there's, there's, you know, there's investment bankers, there's guys constantly bring you deals, right? So if you have a reputation as a guy who actually closes, you know, and fast, people love that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the worst thing that yeah. nobody wants to waste time. Doctors, they don't want to waste, you know, three months, six months on due diligence, waste, you know, money on a, you know, lawyers, accountants, all that stuff. And then the deal doesn't close with, you know, some private equity firm, right? Because that's what these guys, you know, they, you know, they, they, they reprice the deal. They don't want to, like, if they know the guy has a reputation for closing, you know, as agreed, it's, it becomes, you know, that word spreads like wildfire. Yeah. And again, we can move quicker because, we know what we're looking at. I mean, we look at the due diligence rooms, we look at these organizations and right away we can say yes or no. And if it's a yes, then it's okay. Well, now let's dig deeper. But our ability to identify targets that we understand have good intrinsic value, but also have the accretiveness to build further within our model, that's, you know, that's I think what sets us apart when we look at these deals. And um, we've got, you know, a number of brokers that are on both the buy side and sell side. and um, we're going to keep, I think we're just going to keep building good relationships because ultimately that's what's going to yield, I think, you know, long-term value for both people, including the sellers. Okay. Okay. So let's jump in. We're going to jump into some audience questions. If you guys have some questions, again, um, it's your questions that make these events special. So please, uh, you know, throw out some questions here. We're going to, we're going to jump into those in, in just a sec. I'm going to ask you one last question here. Uh, before we get okay so we talk okay what what's right now what's the competitive landscape like in terms of the markets here and but also um from the m a side like you know who are you competing with like why are they yeah i, I guess you kind of touch on it but why why are they choosing to go with you like what's your edge you know what's the whole you know yeah so so there's kind of two main competition first competition are your legacy big hospital networks and at the end of the day it's great, it's fine, it serves its purpose, but 
you become one in a million patients in that big building. And a lot of practices recognize that when they make that move, they're losing their autonomy of practice. They're losing potentially that ownership and care of the patient. Um, and they're becoming part of, you know, unit 204 in this large medical building. Um, when, when we come in, we maintain the image, we maintain the brand, we maintain that practitioner autonomy, we maintain that patient culture. Um, and so there's a lot to be said about the quality of the buyer. And I think that's one thing that sets us apart in that component. And that's why we won a couple of deals away from the health networks. Um, the second so the culture, time, the culture, the culture is a big part of it. The, that's really a big part of it. Yeah, it's probably a huge part of it because, yeah, at the end of the day, these guys are doctors, right? I mean, yeah, they're they're kind medicine's of personal. Medicine's personal. Medicine's yeah. personal. You go to your doctor because you trust them. That's that's why you go. You go there because you trust the staff. You go there because, you know, you know the place. You know the environment. You feel safe. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the second component would be private equity, and private equity has been trying to do this for a long time, rolling up primary care practices. And it hasn't been successful in a lot of ways because, frankly, they're not healthcare operators. Um, but I used to think of private equity as competition. Now I see them as potential customers because what we're starting to find now within our deal pipeline is these private equity groups that have started to build these practices realize they're not in the business of healthcare medicine and are now looking for an exit. And you know, skylights an exit. So you know, we're starting to actually look at deal flow coming from private equity groups as well. So. I think you know it's it's a it's a it's a close circle, and and I think we're starting to see it come back around again. Okay, uh, let's go to uh, okay. So let's go to okay. Let's start with the first question here. Uh, Derek is asking, how often uh, do you think acquisitions into new states will take place? I guess he's asking about the velocity velocity of deal flow. So two, since your WSR debut is great, will you keep the pace? Will you so, accelerate the pace is the yeah, question. So I think we want to look at um, acquisition pipeline in terms of size of acquisitions. And so we've announced numerous acquisitions in the last two in the last two months, smaller deals, sort of two million under. This was our largest one so far. Um, and we'll certainly find those hidden gems that we want to still continue to capture. But we're also looking at larger transactions. Like I said, a few now that are in sort of that eight figure revenue model. And when we look at those deals, you may not see the same frequency because they're much larger, but the contribution that each of those deals bring would be an equivalence of say doing four or five smaller deals. So I, I have no doubt that we're going to aggressively close that gap on our pipeline opportunities to what we currently own. Um, but we're also looking at larger transactions because we are becoming a more legitimate player in the US market. And that means that we want to keep building at scale and having better management teams. And a lot of these larger systems bring that kind of infrastructure as well as the business to us. Okay, so so if you're saying you have potential eight-figure type acquisitions in the pipeline, eight figures to me means you know $10 million plus, right? If I'm doing my math. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. School. Yeah. Okay, so 10 million plus. And and that is before you add the the secret uh, recipe uh, to turbocharge it. So, in, so potentially these ten million dollar acquisitions can generate a hundred million in revenues. You know, over the course, you know, they can hit that run rate. You know, I don't know uh, by ten months out, whatever it is. Is that how it works? We always want to focus on that 10x growth. I mean, that's key. That's so critical, right? So what are they missing? What are they not utilizing? Let's bring it there as fast as we can. Let's get those patients to benefit from it. And then let the company benefit from the billings on those. 
Okay. Um, Robert's asking how many patients would be added with a Florida acquisition? Yeah, so this is one of the things that we kept out of this press release primarily because there's some confidentiality behind the disclosure of the Florida group. Um, but it is, I would say it's pretty much in line with typically the other kind of acquisition sizes we've done. Uh, but we'll announce that exact number on the uh, on the signing and closing of the agreement. Okay. Uh, John's asking, how would universal healthcare in U.S. affect your business model? Um, we have been brought up in a universal healthcare system. So we know this model fully. Like I recognize the benefits of a single payer system. I recognize the benefits of a capitated model. Um, I love the fee for service model. I recognize why that's good and how you optimize that. The beauty of having the expertise behind this company is that we have worked across a whole suite of healthcare systems in multiple countries. And this allows us the opportunity to take the best out of each of the different platforms. So if tomorrow we move to a single payer system, we move to a managed care model, we understand how to optimize clinician time, maximize those gross profit margins, create more value so that ultimately we're seeing more growth. Um, so again, I, I, you know, um, I'm, I'm good either way, whichever way we go, we're prepared to be able to handle that growth. Okay. Um, we had a question about the market cap. I, you know, maybe why don't we touch on, okay, fully diluted, like after this deal, everything else, you know, what's going to be, what's going to, you know, number of shares out market cap. And let's talk about comps, you know, across the space. How do you compare with uh, some companies in, in, in the space right now? Yeah, so fully diluted. I mean, I think we're about 180 million or 189 million shares. Um, uh, currently issued and outstanding is about 160 million. Um, so we're certainly trading much better than we were before. We're trading at about uh, a six to seven times uh, EV to sales for 2021. And again, I think that's relatively you know undervalued just based on the growth that we know is coming down the pipeline. Um, the median average, I think, now is between 15 to seven, uh, 15 to 20 times EV to sales. So this automatic um, exposure for improvement with shareholder value just based on closing that gap. And as, as we can see, execution over the last 60 days, focus back on growth. We're being rewarded for growth. And, you know, we now have uh, two new analysts covering the story. Last time I was on, I think we just had the one analyst. And, you know, those price points are continuing to be increased every time we execute against our business plan. And so I think continued exposure, you know, attaining that that goal for the billion dollar mark, um, proving out our model quarter over quarter, we'll continue to see that analyst expectation growth. So I think overall, we'll see a closing gap to our median peers, but we're also going to see a growth because we're going to be adding fundamental revenues and profits to the business. Okay, so, so, so uh, the bottom line, the stock, you know, if you'll be trading like your peers, you know, uh, which is, I guess, what is it? One M, one medical or, or Oak Street. Yeah, one medical, Oak Street Health. Yeah, great. It, should be, it basically should be three bucks right now based on. In, know, in pure, equivalence, pure correct. Pure group. Okay. And of course, you know, as your revenues, um, uh, you know, expand everything else, you know, you're looking to get that 15x revenues that these guys have. Yeah. Six months ago, we did not have growth factored into our model. And for all good purposes, we were focused on getting profitable. That was our number one goal last year. And this year, we got there. Now it's all about going and getting that top line growth while growing profitability at the same time. And now that we're focusing back on growth, and again, we're already 80% above this year um, on the exit run rate, um, we're going to hit 100% and we're going to keep going. And I think we'll just keep getting rewarded for growth. And as we continue to perform, that's key. It comes down to execution. 
we're, we're operators, we know how to do this. And so as we continue to execute, I expect to continue to see that valuation gap close, but also grow by virtue of just getting the business to continue to expand. Okay. Uh, PG Smith asking, when will you be profitable? When do you turn profits? Um, we're already profitable. So um, we just reported Q3. This is historical for us. This is our first year that we are year to date um, positive. And so um, we're not burning any cash. You know, we're, we're in a good position today. We're actually adding positive cash flow. Um, if you look at every one of our acquisitions, it is immediate contribution to the bottom line. And so we are building profitability with every acquisition. Um, while we continue to make investments, of course, that's always key. We don't want to focus that profitability as a number one marker for us, but it is important to recognize that we do see us needing to be sustainable as we grow, but let's grow fast and let's grow hard as well. And so that's, that's you know, the two things can exist together. And I think we're proving that out. Okay. Uh, Lottie, or Lottie's Full House, is asking, can we get some color on the data side, CRO deals, clinical trial with GL brands? Um, yeah, so uh, a number of the trials that were previously announced with the company, we're still on ongoing with them. Uh, some of the trials in the U.S. had to take a pause because of COVID and patient improvement couldn't continue. Um, on the data side, look, we're, we're piloting projects in the U.K., in Canada, they're still functioning. In fact, they're probably expanding in scope now. So we've actually increased on our billings on those services. Um, there's a couple of deals to come now that will you know, continue to validate that side of the business. Um, what's really exciting now is that we're getting a chance to participate because of the broadened exposure in healthcare on more traditional style clinical trials, which we know are, are at, at, at significantly higher volumes uh, in the US market, over hundreds of trials going on at any given point in time. And so now, you know, we're through a second stage review on a diabetes trial. We're looking across, uh, applied for a few uh, um, proposals into the COVID-19 trials. And so, again, having the physical footprint of clinics, having the technology to be able to identify patients quickly for trials really puts us at a high competitive advantage here. And um, we're working across a multitude of different uh, proposal applications to, you know, to continue to build that volume of pipeline. And as they start to close, we'll, you know, start to bring those to the market as well. Okay, so that's that's uh, that's that's I guess another another one of those revenue streams that you have. You have these multiple. Yeah, on average, five hundred to five thousand dollars per patient recruited into a trial. So it's it is a it is a meaningful revenue once it starts to hit critical mass. Okay, so yeah, I think these things add up quickly here, especially. And you have now you're gonna have what is it, you have one hundred and thirty thousand patients growing. Okay, yeah, more with Florida, but yeah. Uh, so Alex is asking, uh, do you have a target percentage or projection of? currently rostered patients you think you'll convert to utilizing insurable services in 2021? Mm -hmm. um, so when we started this model a year and a half ago now, uh, we did a survey and well over 50% of the patients were in strong support of this, which is why we saw the strong demand to get here. Um, I anticipate that that will grow more. It's most patients don't understand typically until they see it in action. Um, so at minimum, we're talking 50%. Um, we know that approximately 75% of our patients are insured patients. And so, so we're looking between that 50 to 75%. And we'll convert them over the course of the year. So we're starting to open up clinics again, starting uh, in Q1 with the purpose of being able to bring these patients in so that by the, in the next 12 months, all of these centers are offering in full-scale primary care to these patients. And you know, we're, at a, we're at a good pace of capacity to be able to convert them organically. And like I said, just even a 10% conversion is almost a five to $6 million improvement organically without doing anything else on the low end. 
Okay. So that, that okay. So that that's pretty good. Okay. So let's uh, let's see. Okay. So we got. Um, uh, okay. I want I want to kind of. Um, I know I know you're busy today, so I want to wrap up. I want to ask you two last questions, uh, Pride, which is, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, our, I guess what, what kind of milestones? What else do you have in the hopper in terms of news flow that we can expect over the next, you know, six weeks? Right now, we're getting into you know the last weeks of December, the slow slow period in theory. Yeah. So there are more deals cooking. Um, I don't want to say more than that, but there are more deals cooking. I've hinted at how big some of these deals can be. Um, and I think that's going to be transformative. I really do. Um, we're still announcing organic news. GatherMed was organic. Um, conversion of existing patients is organic. And when you realize the revenue potential that a single platform like GatherMed can bring to a national patient base, it could be tens of millions of dollars. And um, this, is, this is what's really exciting right now. And the fact that we can play on both the organic side and the acquisition side simultaneously, driving value together, um, that, that, that's what gets us up every day. And in fact, doesn't let us sleep at night. We're so excited. Okay. Pride, last question. You know, this is our favorite here at Wall Street Reporter. <clears throat> yeah. I can't, I can't end without asking this, even though I ask this every time, in, in, you know, in your opinion, top three reasons why investors should consider Skylight Health stock today. Um, number one, uh, we are at a significant inflection point profitable base of operations, no debt, strong balance sheets, and a high, high uh, growth pipeline of acquisition targets and organic growth opportunities. We are just getting started. Number two, management. We've done this before. We have a solid team uh, built around us, and we are executing and proving ourselves as we have done in the past. And number three, just continued value for shareholders. For every dollar we deploy, we get three back on deals like this. The immediate accretion to shareholders combined with a closing gap in valuation um, is going to lead to some significant return. And we continue to strengthen our institutional shareholder base, continue to expand on more research coverage. Um, from a capital markets perspective, I think we have engagement. When you couple engagement with business opportunity, with good management, I think you have the perfect storm. Excellent. Uh Pratt, on that note, um, I want to thank you. Thank you, everybody, for, for uh, joining our live stream today. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back uh, very shortly with some uh, some more updates and good news.